0: Hello. My name is Gail. I'm a Gail P. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm a 100-pounder. Susan, thank you for the candle, and thank you for asking me to speak. And thank you all for being here for me, for my birthday. Oh, so anyway, we're on now. Oh, God. Okay. So, um, so I'm supposed to say what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Uh, I came into Overeaters Anonymous 26 years ago. It's a special day for me today. I'm, I'm 26 years old today, abstinent. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And there's one thing that I am so grateful for that I never have to hurt myself with food ever again. I never have to hurt myself again. And that is something that I am so grateful for. I, I could just like stop there and just say that over and over again, but I have to say that. And the second thing I want to say, because I might say I'll never have to hurt myself with food again a hundred times tonight, who knows how many times, because it's true, I don't have to hurt myself anymore. Um, I also have to say that working this program is so much easier than being 120 pounds overweight. It is so much easier, and this is just my story. Other people could be 120 pounds overweight and have a good life. I did not experienced that. So this is just my experience. So I came into OA at 265 pounds. I'm five foot six. That was, I remember the first therapist I went to, I said I weighed 265. I weighed, when I saw her, I said, she goes, well, how tall are you? And I thought if I weighed three, you know, 10, 10 feet, it would still not be good. It would still be too, too big. So I have no idea why she asked me that. But anyway, okay. So I came into OA um, 26 years ago. I was age 37. I am 63 now and it's a wonderful age. Um, I came in, and there was almost nothing that worked in my life. My family relationships were nil. I had no family relationships. Not one. I spoke to nobody in my family. I have a large family. And I, um, my friendships were... Not very good. I was. I felt too ashamed to really tell my truth on anything. So if you asked me what if I liked a movie, I would want to find out what you liked first, and I would say exactly. I would agree, and because I hadn't have a sense of myself because I was so ashamed of myself. And this is all hindsight. This is I didn't know that I was doing it at the time when I was eating, and. Um, my work life worked. I did not get along with my coworkers, but I got along with my bosses. So that always, my, my career always was um, in good shape. But other than that, I didn't get along with the world because I, I just didn't know how. So I came into OA on a Monday night, and I went to a step study. I did not know what a step st- was. I'm gonna, I want to talk about my recovery. You all know that I ate too much. Oh, I have pictures. Hang on. Hold on one second. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm sending around pictures. So I have before pictures that I, um, where I weighed 265 and I wore a size 28 dress. And now I wear a size 6 jeans. And it's not about the weight, but it is because I didn't show up in the world like a normal person. So I, I didn't do anything like a normal person. As I said, my relationships were not good. Um, I was single and I was um, just not doing well. So I came into my first meeting, did not know what a step was, but I came into a step study. So we we sat down, and we wrote on step, I think it was step four, and I cried, and I cried. I cried for the hour and a half of the meeting, and some nice ladies took me to a meeting the second day. So I came in February 20th and February 21st. I got a sponsor, and I, was, I became abstinent. I want to talk about that, because abstinence is the most important thing in my life. Far none. I'm married happily. I have a family and the whole thing, but abstinence, without abstinence, I wouldn't have anything. I would not have the life I have today. So I came in and my abstinence at the time, which I, it's evolved over the years. It has changed and evolved. If I had to eat 26 years ago the way I eat today, I probably would have gone mad. I couldn't have done it. But I, um, as I worked the steps. I got a sponsor my second night On on February 21st, 1989, I got a sponsor, and we started working the steps right away. We started working on a food plan. And my abstinence, when I came in, was no binging, period. That was it. And she told me what to eat. So I did it. And I did it kicking and screaming. And she didn't tell me the amounts, because if she did, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, if she would have done... At 265 pounds, the bowls were pretty big. They were pretty big bowls of food. But I started losing weight. And what I found during my abstinence of the first, like, 10 years is I um, just had to keep lessening the amounts of food to keep losing the weight. And it wasn't, you know, it was just about, and I worked the steps during that time so that my sanity, I was starting to become sane. So I worked the steps, and when I got too scared, I stopped losing weight. Because I couldn't, I would, I would like every twenty pounds, I would stop for a while because I couldn't handle anymore. It was really scary. So I, so I, um, in the beginning, I just, I just had to stop and go and stop and go and stop and go. I didn't stop my abstinence and I didn't start compulsive eating, but I didn't, I wasn't as careful as I was. But I, you know, I was just not binging, and that was my abstinence. And then around fifteen years ago, I started putting foods on my abstinence because so I found that I was a size fourteen and I couldn't get down to a normal size. And my whole thing is, is when I was doing, especially step nine, I don't want to jump around, but I may do it a little bit. When I was doing step nine, the first amends I made was to my body. Um, My body, I apologized to it, and I said, I promised that I would never hurt it again, which means a size 14 at five foot six wasn't wasn't healthy for me yet. I still had the high blood pressure and the cholesterol and all that stuff. So um, my doctor said that wasn't okay to weigh 200 pounds. So I... um, I needed to get down more. So I just, I worked my steps and worked my steps, and all the false beliefs I had about the world just went by the wayside as I worked the steps. I just worked them, and I'm going to talk about how I worked them, but right now I just want to do a little story first. Um, and then, as I said, 15 years ago, at a size 14, I, I just couldn't go down anymore. I was eating normal meals, but I could not go down anymore, so I started putting foods on my abstinence. And as soon as I put my alcoholic foods on my abstinence, we call, I call them alcoholic foods, foods that could not keep me at a normal body weight when I eat them. There's some foods that my, my X 265 pounds body could not handle. There's, they still can't. And it has nothing to do with binging. It has to do with the fact that my body just doesn't do well with certain foods. So I put them on my abstinence, and then I went down to my, you know, my size 6 jeans and size 810 top. And, um, and that's where I've remained. So it's a but it's a process for me it wasn't a, oh come in get absent get to be a size 6 if I did that I would have I would I couldn't have done it I couldn't have done it. I, I would have I would have gone crazy. So anyway, so I um I started working the steps with a sponsor and we worked the first 3 steps and the first step was torture. It was so hard to admit that I was powerless over anything because I I weighed 265. I felt invincible. I felt that nothing could penetrate me. Like when, like somebody who just took a candle said that um, she had no, couldn't find her emotions. Well, there was nothing that was going to hurt me. I knew it. I knew if a truck hit me, it wouldn't, I would break the truck. That's how I felt. I had such false beliefs about the world. And I needed to be that strong because I felt the world was just a horrible place to be in. So I, um, that false belief had a break. And when I was told I was powerless over something, anything, food, anything. I just t- didn't like it at all. But I powered through it, and I um, it felt like I was in a tunnel, a, a black tunnel, and there was no end to it. I was on a train in a black tunnel, and there was no end. But there was an end, because I, you know, I finished step one, and I went to step two. I want to talk about how I worked the steps. I um, had an AA-12 12 and 12 and an OA-12 12 and 12, and a big book. And when I came into OA, we didn't have oa books, so I did it just the AA-12 and 12 at first, and then the big book, and we would write, I would read a paragraph, and then write on it, and read it to my sponsor, and read a paragraph, write on it, and read it to my sponsor, and that's what I did for all the AA-12 and 12, and then when the OA-12 and 12 came out, I think in 1992, three years later, I did it with that, I've done it with the, the big book. I've done it with all the other. I'm not another, I'm not an addict in any other program, but I've done it with the other programs also, and al I'm on Al-Anon. But I've done it with all the programs, because so I really wanted to just keep working the program. And what I found was um, that writing is my tool. We have, we have eight tools, and um, writing is my tool, that when I had a feeling, I would write instead of eat. So I, I found that if I had a pen in my hand, I couldn't. Have a fork in my hand because I couldn't do both. I could probably if I chose to, but I chose not to. <laughs> I chose not to have a, um, a fork in my hand when I had the pen. So I would. What I was taught to do was just go and get a pad and a piece, a pen, a pad of paper and a pen, and just write. So I heard in a meeting a long time ago this lady named Mary, who I've never seen her since. She said that she would keep paper and pencils in her cupboards in her cu- kitchen and in her refrigerator and her freezer. So when she was going to see, you know, the answers to life in her refrigerator or whatever her cupboards, because that's what we think, you know, at least that's what I thought, that all the answers were in the refrigerator. Um, She would take out a pen and paper and write. So that's what I I started doing. So I would just write wherever I was. And one thing is I would do is I, I did a lot of fellowship. I was, As I said, I was single my first nine years of abstinence. And I would go out to fellowship a lot, like Meetings, at least one a day for the first 10 years, and fellowship a lot. So um, what I would do is I would go to meet people in restaurants, and I would write until they got there. And especially because of my judgmental... Mind at the time, I would write even on toilet paper because if they were five minutes late, I'd be like, so I would have such a story about them by the time they got there. That you know, <laughs> that I if, it's a good thing I wrote rather than you know tell the story. I would bite their head off before before program. I would bite their head off. You know, if you're five minutes late. How dare you disrespect me? All the, I had such a story all the time. I was a big, I guess, a good storyteller. So um, the writing really helps. It still helps me today. I just like to write and just. Dear God, I would do Dear God and just let it rip. So um, anyway, so, so I talked about step one, and then the rest of the step, God restored me to sanity because I I came to believe he would. So yeah, God did. And the sanity is, is if I eat properly and I work my steps and I do my life without hurting another human being, then I'm pretty sane if everything seems to work in my life. That's sanity to me. So um, I've lost my train of thought. So anyway, so that's, that's sanity to me. And... Um, I remember when we first started going to the meetings, we were going to the, the log cabin on Robertson Boulevard, and there were two people, old-timers. I don't remember how much time they had, but they were, did a lot of time in the program. And they would say, I would always say, well, um, we were supposed to, like, know God's will and do God's will. And I never, I didn't know what that meant. So I had to do a lot of exploring. So I finally found out that uh, I figured out for myself, it was only for me, that God's will is not my will. Because my will was to, you know, I'm not going to mention foods. My will was to destroy myself with food. And that's not God's will for me. So anything that is loving and kind to me and to my friends and the world is God's will. Anything that is destructive to anybody else or anything else is not God's will. So it wasn't a, it was a no-brainer as far as I was concerned after I figured that one out. But it took a while, and I remember the old timers just sitting with me and talking to me about it because so I couldn't find out. I'm like, how am I going to know if that's God's will or my will? Well, if it doesn't hurt anybody and it, and it helps the world, it's probably God's will. That's pretty easy for me. So um, anyway, and I'm at, at my first fourth step. I changed sponsors, and I my first fourth step was was 136 pages of resentments. So I was, that was, that's big. That's a lot of people that I resented. We're talking a lot of people. And, um, I resented people, places, things. I physically couldn't walk upstairs, so everywhere had stairs. I I put that on my, my my inventory. So I couldn't, I couldn't, at age 35, you know, I was 37 when I came in. So up until then, I couldn't even go up the steps to um, the New York Library. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was too, I was too big. I couldn't walk up. You know, I couldn't walk fine then. I didn't, I, there's things I could not do, and that, that really limited my life. So I just wrote everything down that I couldn't, you know, all the stuff that I resented that I couldn't do. And, um, you know, as I said, I switched sponsors, and um, I worked the rest of the steps with my, with my new sponsor. And I did six and seven, which are my favorite steps. I like to dig my defects. I like to take the dental tools out and dig, dig on my defects, and then go to God. And you know, and I, what, the, way, the way I do that is I could I see the defect, and then I, I look at the, what the positive would be, what God's will would be for me, and that's what I try to do rather than. You know, and I, have to re- I have to talk do a lot of like, writing about my defect, and how it's helped me and how it's served me in the past, and how it doesn't serve me any longer. It's more painful than it is fine any longer. So it's time to let it go and let God take it, and I could find another way to do my life. And then eight and nine, my amends were amazing. So they were not scary at all. They were just so the most beautiful experiences I ever had were my ninth steps. And uh, the people that I got to find at the absolutely, I got to look the um, at the time. At the 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 strangest times, I'd be looking for somebody, and they would just appear somewhere where I never expected. It was just a beautiful experience. And then I got to not have enemies in my life any longer because the enemies are in my head. You know, my my body was my prison, and my mind was my prison. It was all it's all self-imposed, so I didn't know how to do it any differently. And then, um, so the eighth, ninth step were just like. It was it was work, by the way. This is all work, but it's like it was worth it. It was wonderful being able to connect with people because I was never able to do that before. And then ten is um, continue to take personal inventory, which I'm 26 years later. I'm still going to a spiritual counselor. I am a spiritual counselor now. I am a licensed spiritual counselor now, and I go to a spiritual counselor, and I'm always unveiling different things that I get to learn because I'll never stop learning. And then eleventh step is like. Absolutely important, obviously. I have a, um, a meditation practice. I meditate every day and I pray. But because I'm a spiritual counselor, I pray for clients and I pray for people. I'm on different ministries like that and I pray a lot every day. And, um, and then 12th, the step is... Wonderful, giving back to the community, giving back to my people. You guys are my people. So that's a step work. So I do that, have done that, will continue doing that the rest of my life and just continue. I am powerless over food. I don't know what would ha- I would never ever hurt myself with food again, so I will never find out what it would be like to take back foods. In my personal experience, I don't believe in taking back foods once, I, once they're abstinent foods. I'm not, not going to become well. I just don't think I, I'm talking for myself. I don't think I'm going to become well and start taking back things that I've, I've not had in 15, 20, 25 years. So anyway, so my life today is, as I said, I'm a spiritual counselor. I went back to school at eight, five years ago and got a license. And I see clients, and I um, also I'm in, a, I'm in a, a non-denominational church. I'm Jewish, but I'm in a non-denominational chur- church, non-denomination church. And I am um, a practitioner there. And I, my life is spiritual. I have ministries. I work with homeless and low-income people. These are this is not Gail's will. This is God's will that I do. Um, I also, I work at a food pantry, I volunteer at a food pantry, so I give back all the food that I ate, I don't have to eat it all now, I could actually like share it with people that need it, so that's really important to me that I do that. Um, I'm married, been married for almost 14 years, I've been with him seven, my husband 17 years now, and I could not in my lifetime ever be married to such a wonderful man if I was still eating. You know, I just, there's no way, I would have... I would have, there's no way, there's no, I would have not thought I deserved it, and it wouldn't have worked out, because I, there's no way, I just couldn't have been, I'm sure I lived alone my whole, you know, my whole adult life until him, but I, um, I would not have been easy to live with, because I was, number one, the food was out of control, I was eating out of control, and, um, my mind was out of control, constantly, mean and nasty and not, not easy to get along with, um. So my friendships are great. And by the way, I have my whole family. I have a whole entire family. I married a man with three adult children. We have five grandkids. And I've actually, like, learned how to do all this <coughs> through working the program. I don't know how to be a grandmother, so I'm, I just, but I know how to love because I, don't, I, love, I, I know how to love now. And that was something that I had to learn how to do because... When I came from such a black heart, which, you know, eating just made my heart black. And, it, you know, working the steps made it pinker and pinker and pinker. It really did. Um, and that's, you know, so my life is working in all areas. I'm retired. I've been retired for 14 years now. And as I said, I do a lot of charity work, a lot of volunteer work. I did not want to be a lady that lunched. You know, not, I just don't, it wasn't for me. I thought it was going to be, actually. I really thought I was going to be going to the City of Hope luncheons with all the, you know, with all the, with all the, you know, the fancy stuff. And I just, it's just a, it's a waste of time for me. So I, um, as I said, I go in the trenches and volunteer. Um, so every area of my life seems to work okay. And if it doesn't, I go and get counseling. I have a food, oh, my food. Okay. Every day when I get up, first thing I do is go to my desk and I pray. And I, I connect with God, and we, we plan my food for the day, what I'm going to eat. And then I email it to my food sponsor. I email my actual from the day before, and my propose what I'm going to eat that day. And otherwise, you know, I've, I'm down 120 pounds, and, and went, I've gone through menopause. That was a while ago, went through menopause, abstinent, didn't have to gain weight. And that's really... That was, a, that was a challenge. I really, I had to go to great lengths, not to gain weight, I'm telling you. You know, I didn't sleep for seven years, I think. It was seven years I didn't sleep, and I had to eat very little calories. And now it's back up again. I could have work, you know. But I had to do that because I don't want to hurt myself anymore. And, and if I can't fit in my clothes, that hurts me. It just hurts me. So, and it also hurts my, my, my health. My health, and I—I I, I, I have my abstinence now for my health. You know, it's like I want to be healthy. I'm not a movie star, I'm not a model, but I want to be healthy. And that's really important. That's part of my living immense to my body, that I have every day. So I—I I, I email my food, and you know, I have a prayer meditation schedule, sk- you know, um, every day. Um, and I just like live. A, I try to live a spiritual life. I really knowing God has been the biggest gift of my life. Except abstinence is by. As the biggest gift and then knowing God is a gigantic gift in my life um, you know I think God is love and that was something that I couldn't be before when I was not absent. so would pe- should I stop so people does people would people everybody have any questions really sure. okay so I'm going to stop now Do I have, I'll stop now and so you can ask questions if you <laughs> <laughs> the lovely lady asked how I deal with failure in abstinence, and not about the food, just about life. How I deal with failure. Number one, I don't think I fail. I try, and sometimes things work, and sometimes things don't work. It's not failure. I don't feel like I'm a failure at all. Let's say, let's say I try, I, I try, uh, I try a, a exercise, and I don't like it, or it doesn't work for my body, or it hurts, or I just don't like the music. That doesn't make me a failure. It's just I tried something new. I, don't, I, don't, I, I try something new and it didn't work out, so I try something else. So I think that what, what I do, I, number one, I do a lot of writing about that. Because I want every, every exercise I try, I work, I work out almost like five or six day, times a week. I want every single exercise to be the best and to be, the you know, it has to be like the right exercise and the right everything. Some things just don't work out and I just try it and it's like, oh, well, oh well it doesn't work for me. Like, I want to be a runner more than anything. Like, I'm starting to run. I I was 63 on my birthday two weeks ago, my my natal birthday, and I'm starting to run. Well, I only could run like a quarter of a block before I had to stop, (laughs) and that's not a failure. I'm just going to, and then I, I did it again, and I could run a half a block, and I did it again. I didn't consider myself a failure and go home and say I'm a failure. I just keep doing it until I could do it longer. And if, if something is that difficult, not not the running, but something that is so difficult it can't, just it's not possible, then maybe it's not meant to be. But So I I just have to, you know, just I just say, oh, well. So I don't think that anything's that important except for abstinence and God. So, in, in my opinion. It's, you know, so anyway, that's my hope that helped a little bit. I don't know. This lovely lady asked how asked about my spiritual development and the different. That's perfect. the spiritual development. Um, I started off not even ever saying God in my life. Ever, never, never. At age thirty-seven, I never never had a concept of God, and so I decided to build a God of my own understanding. And this God is loving and kind and loves me no matter what. And this God holds my hand. I was told when I was first abstinent that I am to go to lunch with God once a week. I have to take a pad of paper and a pencil and I am to go alone with God. And God is to sit across the table from me. And we are to have a conversation and we are to become friends. And we are to have a relationship. So that's how I started. I would go every week to a restaurant by myself with God and a pad of paper and a pencil and I would write to God back and forth. And I've come to believe that because of my connection with God, I am abstinent. That is like the most special thing that ever could happen to me in my life, being abstinent. So I just built built a relationship with God. So I write to God. All my writing is to God. So we have a relationship back and forth. And it just built over the years, and I lost my condo at the ninety fourth earthquake I lived in the val- I live in the valley, and I was so mad at God, I just wrote like I would write to you know I would like I could talk to a person, just wrote how 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 mad I was at God, and God would would just give me more blessings. so I would write, "How dare you get rid of? How dare you do that?" He gave me another blessing, Not more blessings would just come upon me, and I, I was abstinent, so I got to see that they were blessings i got I lost my condo, but i got Unbelievable blessings in this place. So I built my relationship. So it built on all the blessings. And if I stay, when I, I am staying abstinent, but as I stay abstinent, the ble- I see the blessings and then I know that, they're, that God, it's God's blessings, it's not mine. My, my will got me to 265 pounds. God's will got me to 145 pounds where I'm supposed to be. So that's how, that's how I built it. Just my, just my abstinence. I all I have to do is think of my abstinence, and I know that God is with me all the time, because I eat three times a day at least. So that's how i built. And it's sucked like over 26 years now, and we're we're very close now, God and I. So we have a great relationship. <laughs> anyway, thanks for asking. How do I use the 12 steps in my relationship <laughs> with my husband and my extended family? I am powerless over my extended family and my husband. And I just work from there. I just start the steps. I am powerless. I stay out of their business. It is not my business. I have three-step kids. My husband has an ex-wife that's a total nightmare, an alcoholic nightmare. And I just stay out of everything. I I am kind and loving to everybody. And I stay out of their business. My husband's a mountain biker, and he's doing dangerous stuff up on the hills. And I just pray and just stay out of it. He loves it, and I stay out of it. And I just do my step work. I, just, I am powerless over them. God keeps me sane because I don't have to sit there and nag them or find out about them or do any of that stuff. And um, I just work the steps like I do everything else with steps. Um, I have made amends. I have screwed up, and I have made amends with my stepkids because I have, like, I have overstepped my bounds in certain areas, and I have apologized with my husband, I make him, you know, well, every day. I, you know, we live together. So anyway, that's how I do it. So I just like work the steps like I'm powerless over food. Same exact thing. Whatever I'm powerless over, I just work the steps on. Thank you for asking. I'm done. Thank you.